like to say good morning to everyone that's here this morning. Can you join with me as I say a simple prayer? Father God, we thank you for joining us here this morning. We thank you for all that we have done this week. Thank you for not letting hurt, harm, or danger come upon us, God. We ask that you go by the hospital, God. Whatever my cousin needs, Jesus, I ask you right now that you would give it to him. Is there anybody else here that need anything from the Lord? I ask you right now to just lift your hands and just say, Lord, come into my heart. Come into my mind. Come into my soul. Take control of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You are my strength. Strength like no
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the name of the Lamb. You are worthy to be praised. Glory, hallelujah. We give you praise, honor, and glory in your sanctuary on this morning. We thank you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. We bless your name. We worship and adore you. We can't say thank you enough, Lord. Hallelujah to the name of Jehovah God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one who woke us up this morning and started us on our way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord for our musicians early on this Sunday morning. We welcome everybody to Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church. We're located just outside of the beautiful town of Garrysburg, and we're in uh, the wonderful Northampton County, North Carolina. We're so grateful to God that he blessed us to see another day, the first day of a new week and the Lord's Day. So let's just say thank you, Lord, and give him a praise for keeping us from last Sunday to this Sunday. To God be all the glory. We, um, we have a motto here. Our church family members know it well that at Roanoke Salem, this is the end of your search for a friendly church. We try our very best to live up to that. Our mission statement comes from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the 28th chapter, verses 19 and 20. Jesus himself stood as he was about to ascend back up to his Father, and he said to those who were standing there, his disciples, he said, Go ye therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things, Amen. Don't worry about it. If it goes out, my mouth is big. They'll hear me. Ain't no problem. I uh, want to thank the Lord as always, always, don't ever want to take this for granted. Thank the Lord for Derek and April and Steve and Jasmine. They get here early. Thank the Lord for our, our ushers and others who are not even the ushers, Miss Jean and Miss Peggy. They come here and they do so many things to get us all set up on Sunday morning. And just thank you all for being here. I want to acknowledge right now my sisters in Christ, um, Reverend Brenda Phillips, Reverend E.K. Lee, and Reverend Gloria Stevenson. Thank the Lord for them being with us on this morning. And keep uh, Reverend Freeman in prayer. He's had some health challenges recently that he and I text a few times back and forth. But keep uh, Reverend Stevenson, Reverend Freeman lifted up in your prayers. We know God is able. And uh, the Lord hasn't brought him this far to leave him, so we're going to just keep him lifted up in prayer. We want to have now uh, an opening selection, and we'll have our opening selection, and then we will continue on with the order of service.
Is there a witness here today that somehow, some way, the Lord will make a way? Somehow. You don't know and I don't know what's going to happen next, but we just keep saying, God, I trust you. We keep praying. We keep praising. And somehow, some way, God shows up on time, shows out. It's for his glory and for our benefit. Amen. We have an on-time God, y'all. Just, just keep trusting no, no matter what. Um, want to now officially welcome those who are maybe with us this morning, and we know there are some by way of Facebook Live. Thank you for being with us this morning. Want to welcome those who are on our conference call-in line. Thank you for being on the line. And for our brothers and sisters in Christ and maybe visitors who are in the parking lot, we thank you for being with us on this morning as well. And like I said to you all uh, quite often, I'm telling you, you know, thank God for Derek and April and Steve to make sure that all that technology is going the way it's supposed to be so that folks have these opportunities to be with us, even if they're not right in the sanctuary here. So we want to thank the Lord for that. Uh, let me also quickly acknowledge our musicians by name, our 
our lead musician, uh, Steve, and then Elijah, and then Marvin, and then Rick back there on the horn. Let's thank the Lord for them. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Um, I got a couple of things by way of announcement. First of all, for those of you who were able to go this past Wednesday night over to Chapel Hill in Virginia, uh, the church that our dear friend Reverend Maxine Bradley came pastors, Thank you so much for going. We went over there. We, we went in large numbers. We had a wonderful time. Sharon Peel tore the house down at the end of service, and Reverend Bradley King said we owe her something because she got to try to get the building book back together because Sharon tore it down singing. But we said, well, that's what happened. You call somebody got God's anointing on, you might as well get ready. Uh, but for all who were able to come, thank you. For those who didn't come and you wanted to come, we know you prayed for us. Thank you as well. It, we had a wonderful time. And by the way, we look forward to Reverend Bradley Kane being with us on August the 17th. Uh, she will be with us, if the Lord so allows, the first night of our revival here, August 17th, 18th, and 19th. Please start talking to your family and friends and encouraging them, if they will, to come be with us August 17th, 18th, and 19th. We're going to start promptly at 7 o'clock. And we're not going to hold you long because we know that um, some of you who are, especially those who are in public education, school will be back in and you might have children and all. But we, we're not going to hold you long. We'll start at 7 and prayerfully uh, we'll be out of here by 8.15 or 8.30 at the latest. But we're going we're gonna to keep things moving. But revival, 17th, 18th, and 19th of August. Uh, Reverend Bradley Kane on that Wednesday. Um, Pastor Mark Barfield on that Thursday the 18th, and then Pastor Franklin Williams on the 19th. So that's our, those are our revivalists for that week. I want to share an announcement with you from um, Deacon Brian Jones. He's at work this morning, but he, he texts me really, really early this morning. But I understand because he was getting up, getting ready to go to work. But he wanted to make sure that you all know that his oldest daughter, remember now, you know, he has three daughters. Um, uh, Annalise is his oldest daughter and a set of twins, but his oldest daughter, Annalise, um, she will be graduating from the University of West Georgia on the 24th of this month. She's graduating. So let's thank the Lord for that. She will have a degree. Uh, she will have a, a, a degree, a bachelor's of science in criminology. She'll have a bachelor's of science in criminology. And she's graduating with honors, um, and so she, he just wanted to make sure. And many of us remember Annalise. Annalise and uh, the twins were just beautiful young ladies running around here. Now they're growing up. Matter of fact, I think the twins are getting ready to start high school, if I'm correct. No? They're already in high school, so they're going to be sophomores, I think, this coming year, or juniors. Juniors. See? The twins are going to be juniors in high school. Can you believe that? We used to see those little girls like those two right there just running around here. Now they're juniors in high school, and Annalise has graduated from college. So anyway, uh, Brian wanted us to know we're, we're, real proud of, we're real proud of her and of the twins as well. Also want to um, share with you all, we got some other good news speaking of um, children and daughters. Um, Mr. Marvin Bobbitt, our uh, esteemed and wonderful bass player, is now a proud father. Tell, tell them the name of your baby and how's your wife doing and all that. My wife is doing fine, and our child is named Mariah Ronnie Bobbitt. Amen. To God do the glory. 
I tell you, Marvin, we are excited uh, for you and your, your missus and, and the little girl and uh, whatever we can do as a church family to support you all in her rearing, we, we are willing to do that. We're willing to do whatever we can do. Amen. Amen. That, that's such wonderful news. She was here last Sunday, you all remember. She said, well, tomorrow is today. And uh, yeah, she's here. To God be the glory. I think that's everything that I had by way of announcements for this morning. Yes. Oh, yes, ma'am. Uh, absolutely. Y'all know that um, this is senior month here at Ronald Salem, and Reverend Stevenson uh, is in charge of the senior ministry. And as she always does during this month, she has wonderful gifts for the seniors. And today, after service, you can go right back there on that table and get a, fr a cup of cold and fresh homemade, well, I say homemade, homemade lemonade. Amen. So let's thank Reverend Stevenson for that. So after service, okay, same thing. Our seniors, 75 and older, you go first, and then the rest of us, and there's plenty, right, Gloria? Yeah, there's plenty for everybody. So uh, senior citizens, our seniors, 75 and older, you go first, and then we'll come in right behind you and have a cup of uh, fresh homemade lemonade. Uh, lemonade. I I think that's everything. I think that's everything. If something else, somebody will clear, surely remind me. Um, oh, yes, Miss Dozine. Miss Dozine has been released from the hospital, and now she is at Signature. Is that correct? She's at Signature in Ronald Crappis. Don't know how long she's going to be there, but uh, this is a, a kind of a rehab situation at this moment, right? So there's no plans right now for her to be there long term. So this is she's in kind of a rehab state. So. Please keep Ms. Dozing uh, lifted up in prayer. Amen. And all our other seniors who we know that may be in other facilities, Ms. Ms., uh, Ms. Uh, Wood and some other, Ms., uh, Ms. Ailey and all those folks who are in long-term care facilities, keep them lifted up as well. I think that's it. Um, let us prepare now for um, our morning prayer. But before we do that, I just want to thank the church family, as always, for your giving. Uh, you give so faithfully to the Lord. So I want to say to the church family uh, and to those who are not members of Roanoke Salem, thank you so much for your giving. We know we have some visitors. We acknowledge you. We thank you for being here. Always glad to see all of our visitors. You know that there are three opportunities that you can give. You can come here to, the, if, if you don't give today in the sanctuary, you can come on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., and you can leave your tithes and offerings with either Miss Jean or Miss Peggy, whoever may be here that day. You certainly can mail your tithes and offerings into P.O. Drawer Z, P.O. Drawer Z, Garrysburg, 27831. And you may also give your tithes and offerings safely online by going to our webpage. It's rsmbc.com. And uh, when you go there, you'll see a tab at the top that says giving. You click on that tab, another page opens up, and it directs you how to give safely and securely online. And you all have been utilizing all of those different means, so we thank you, thank you, thank you for being obedient as unto the Lord. I'm, and um, we're going to do something, we're going to start doing something different. Did, did we check the parking lot already, somebody? Has somebody been out to the parking lot? You, you've been? Thank you, Wayne. Okay, Wayne's going to go out and check with the folks because we have folks in the parking lot and, you know, sometimes we want to make sure we collect from them. Let's do this. Wayne, you go ahead and while you're doing, go ahead, while you're doing it, let's do, I'm going to pray and let's do all things, okay? 
So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna add this to the service. We're gonna, when we acknowledge our giving, we're going to um, have a short prayer, and then we're going to do all things. May you bow your heads. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the resources that you've blessed us with to give to you, give back to you, because they all belong to you. And we, we gladly give you the tithe and offerings, and we ask, Lord, that you uh, use it as you will to bless this world, and then that portion that you leave in our hands, help us to use it wisely and to the glory of God and for the benefit of man. In your name, Jesus, we pray. All things, Steve. All things come Um, Reverend Lee, will you please come and um, offer the morning prayer? And then after Reverend Lee gives us the morning prayer, we're going to um, have our sermonic selection, and we'll move on. Father God, in the name of Jesus, as we come, we come with a heart full of thanksgiving, thanking you for another day. Another day that you have allowed us, God, to be here, and we're just so thankful. Thanking you, first of all, how you watched over us last night. Thanking you for how you neither slumber nor sleep. While we was unconscious to a mean, cruel world, God, you kept a watch on us. And then soon, very soon, you touched us with your divine finger of love, bidding us to get up and see a new day, God. We had the activities of our limbs, God, articulation of our speech, food in the cupboard, clothes to put on, car to come out to the house of prayer, money to give back to you. Family circle had not been broken, God. God, we just want to thank you. God, we praise you. We bless your name, God. God, we pray for every gift that you've given us. And every gift is perfect and come from you, God. We realize that we couldn't even walk without you holding our hand. So when we come this morning, we just say thank you for another opportunity to hear the gospel, the good news, God. God, we ask that you touch the man that's going to bring the word of life. From the touch of the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. Anoint him, God. Let him preach, God. Not what he wanted to preach, but what you would have him to preach, God. And then let us be receptive to your word, God. And let us not only be doers of your word, but hearers, but be not only be doers, but hearers of your word, God. Bless all that's here, God. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you know you are welcome in this sanctuary, but we just want to tell you that you are welcome. Come in and have your way as only you could do. And then Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, take reign of our hearts, our spirit. Do what none other can do, God. And when we leave this place, let someone look at us and say, I know, I know that I know that I know they must have been with God. In Jesus' name, Steve. Amen.
anything, anything that's not of you, Lord, please take it away. Take it away, Lord. Use me as you will, Lord Jesus. Lord God, you've been so good to us. You are so good to us. We just want to say thank you. And now, Lord, at this preaching hour, I pray that you'll use me, Holy Spirit, as you will. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord again for our musicians. Amen. 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 Church family, if you will please go to the 119th Psalm. And we're going to look at verses 33 through 36. Some of you all know the 119th Psalm is the longest individual psalm in the Bible. And, uh, and I, I would encourage you just take some time and read it. And read it in something other than the King James. I'm not, I'm not knocking the King James, but read it in another version as well. Because uh, if the more modern or the more, uh, well, modern is the right word, English versions beyond the King James might give you a better understanding of some of what's written there. But, but take some time and just take your time. Don't try to read it all at one time unless, you know, you got 30 minutes or so you can just sit down and read. But, but read it over a period of time and I think it will bless you because it's certainly blessing me. This is the first of uh, a two-part message, um, <clears throat> 119th Psalm, verses 33 through 36. This is from the New International Version. The psalmist says, teach me, O Lord, verse 33, teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees, then I will keep them to the end, verse 34. Give me understanding, and I will keep your law and obey it with all my heart, 35. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there in your commands I find delight. And finally, verse number 36, turn my heart towards your statues, and not toward selfish gain. Steve blessed my heart when he said this morning in his opening prayer, Lord, uh, I just want you to have control because that was right with the Holy Spirit in sync with the message for today. The message is, have your way with me, Lord. Have your way with me, Lord. One of the hardest things for most of us to do, if we'll be honest about it, uh, is to voluntarily allow another person to have any type of control over our lives. We, we know in some situations people can use um, legal means, threats of physical force, actual force to make us do things that we may not really want to do. For example, legal means, uh, we, we've been hearing about whether we want to hear about it or not, the, the Britney Spears case, uh, pop star, entertainment, multimillionaire who a uh, father was able to gain control over her entire life. Her father and a team of co uh, conservators, they, they've had control. Looks like she might be getting ready to get from under it now, but legal means for somebody to have control over you. Threat of force. School bully wants your lunch money or wants your new iPhones or wants your new Converse's or whatever it may be, your new Nikes. And then there's actual force that people may use uh, to try to make us and have control over us. And here's one that's, that's for real, and it's not a negative thing, it's a, it's a good thing. Law enforcement officers making us comply when we're breaking the law. Amen. I'm glad they make us comply when we're breaking the law, because you might be trying to break the law against me, so I want that man or that woman to make you comply if, you, if you're breaking the law. 
But then there are other situations when we voluntarily allow people to have control over our minds and over our bodies. Here, here's some examples of that. Control over our minds. Uh, hypnotist. You know, you, you have to voluntarily allow a hypnotist to have control over you when he or she is supposedly hypnotizing you. What about your bodies? We give control to doctors, to dentists, to physical therapists. We, we voluntarily allow those people to have a certain degree of control over our bodies because we work with them. They ask us or tell us to do certain things and we voluntarily go right along. Our spouse or our children, sometimes we allow them to have control over us. And that's, not, again, not in a negative way. You know, they, they want to do certain things and, and we say, okay, yeah, they, we want this. And they said, no, I want to do that. So we say, okay, well, we'll do that. That's what you want to do. A trusted friend, you, you, you understand what I'm saying. There are situations where sometimes we voluntarily allow people to have control over us. But if we're really honest about it, we know that we really don't have control of our own lives. You know, if we're really honest about it, we, we want to believe that we're the bosses of ourselves, but, but we really are not. People can do things to take control of us, and we're, if we're not prepared for it, what can we do? Like when governments, you know, when, when militias and all, and they, 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 they stage a coup, and they just take over a government. Everybody's not for that, but maybe you can't do anything about it. Animals can have control over your body. Amen. You know, your animals go crazy, or you out in the woods walking in the bear's home, and the bear comes out the woods, and the bear come after you. He's he going to have control over your body. He's going to make you run or do something, right? I mean, all, all kinds. Nature, nature can have control over us. We, we can't control when floods happen. When tornadoes happen, you know, when, when there are all kinds of things that have mudslides, those things have control over us. We can't do anything about that. So we really are not in control of our lives. And listen, even our own minds and our own bodies can get out of sync sometimes. And we're not in control even of our own bodies. People have medical conditions that their minds and their bodies are no longer working together. And they have involuntarily movements and different things. Y'all know, and, and, and there's nothing we can do about that. So we are not the bosses of ourselves, no matter how much we may want to believe that we are. But there is a divine creator who is in control of everyone and everything. This divine creator can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, to whomever he wants. There is no human being, there's no organization, there's no animal, there's no force of nature that can stop this divine creator from having his way. The divine creator is Jehovah God. He's the God of the Bible. He's the God of the Jews, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But he's also the gods of the Gentile because he sent Peter to a man named Cornelius, right, so that the Gentiles, too, could be saved. He's the divine creator. He's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's the Lord of all. And, and I voluntarily let this divine creator have control over my life. And I, I say to him, have your way with me, Lord. That's what the writer of this 119th Psalm is saying. The Bible scholars aren't exactly sure who wrote this, uh, this psalm, but some of them believe that it may have been Ezra, the priest, but here's what we do know. 
The writer of this psalm recognized the sovereignty and the providence and the majesty of the Lord. The psalmist clearly wants the Lord to have control over his life. How do I know that? Well, look at what he said in verse number 33. The psalmist asked the Lord to teach him the Lord's decrees, and the psalmist says that he will keep those decrees until the end of his life. A decree is also called an ordinance. And one of the Greek definitions of the word ordinance is what God has declared to be right. A decree, an ordinance, is what God has declared to be right. So in other words, the writer of this psalm is asking the Lord to teach him what the Lord says is right. And the psalmist says, and I will obey what you say is right until I die. Point number one. Point number one. We need to know and to do what the Lord says is right. Point number one. We need to know and to do what the Lord says is right. Everybody has an opinion on everything. All of us have opinion. And in today's world, children, seven, eight, nine years old, some of them have social media platforms, and they share their opinions about everything under the sun. But here's one thing we all need to remember. No matter how young or old we are, no matter how rich or famous we are, no, no matter how many degrees or titles that we have, the Lord is always right. The Lord is always right. Psalm 18, verse 30 says, This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. Listen to that. This God, his way is perfect, and the word of the Lord always proves to be true. Amen. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. Church family, when we do our best to do what God says is right, he takes care of us. And for that reason, I can say with no reservation, have your way with me, Lord. In verse 34, the psalmist asked the Lord to give him understanding, he says, and he will remember and obey the Lord's law with all his heart. I looked up the words understanding and the word law. I looked them up in the Vines Expository Dictionary. One of the definitions of the word understanding is knowledge. And a definition of the word law is uh, the scriptures of God. So when you see the word law in the Bible, it may not be talking about rules and regulations. It could be talking about the scriptures of God. So in this sense, I believe the psalmist is using the word law to me, the scriptures of God. So, so the psalmist is saying, God, if you give me knowledge to understand your scriptures, I will obey your scriptures with all my heart. Point number two. We should have a desire to understand the Lord's scriptures. Point number two. We should have a desire to understand the Lord's scriptures. The same Psalm 119, but verse number 97 says this. Oh, how I love your law. I love your scriptures, your word, Lord, and I meditated on it all day long. I love your scriptures, Lord. I love your word, Lord, and I meditate on it all the day long. Now, I understand, and we all know, practically speaking, unless you're in a monastery somewhere, you not meditating on the words, Lord's word all day long, literally meaning reading it, right? But what you can do is you can have the word hidden away in your heart 
So through in the course of the day, as you have different experiences, different pieces of the word, different scriptures and passages and verses come back to you. That's how we can meditate on the, word, the Lord's word all day long. Amen. Today, there are many internet platforms that provide useful information. Apple, Bing, Google, Yahoo. We can go to any of them and get all kinds of information. And we need information from the internet sometimes. But we need information from the Lord's scriptures all the time. Amen now. We need his word all the time. The wisdom and instruction in the Lord's law in his scriptures will save our souls, protect our minds and bodies, and teach us how to live holy. The wisdom and the information in the Lord's law, in the Lord's scriptures, in the Lord's word, though that information and that wisdom will save our souls, it'll protect our minds and bodies, and it will teach us how to live holy. And for that reason, I can say, have your way with me, Lord. Verse number 35, the psalmist asked the Lord to direct him in the path of the Lord's commands because he finds delight in the Lord's commands. Commands is just a short, shortened form of the word commandments. That's all he's talking about, the Lord's commandments. Here's point number three. There is delight in the commands of the Lord. There is delight in the commands of the Lord. I did some research, y'all. I want you to think I'm just shooting from the hip. I found that there are 49 commandments of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. But there are two that are most important to remember. And y'all know what they are because y'all know Jesus said this. Matthew 22, verses 37 to 38. Jesus said, we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, our mind, and our soul. And there's another, in one of the other uh, gospels, it says, and strength. It adds the word strength. That's the first, that's one of the first commandments that Jesus said is very important. And then he said the second one is just like the first one. Number two, he said, we must love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Who are our neighbors? Everybody. Family, friends, strangers, everybody is our neighbor. All human beings are our neighbors. So Jesus said, if you keep these two commandments, we have fulfilled all the other commandments. When we obey Jesus, we have delight. What is delight? It's peace, it's joy, it's contentment. And may I add, it's also provision and protection. The peace of the Lord, the, 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 the delight that we find in obeying the Lord's word is the, we find peace, joy, contentment, and like I said, and I can add to that, his provision and his protection. So because if I find delight in the commands, the commandments of the Lord, and he only gave me two that I have to show enough, try my best to live by, love him first and love people like I love myself, I can easily say, have your way with me, Lord. You know why? Because I want his peace. I want his joy. Amen. I want to be contentment, and I want his provision and his protection. Let's go to verse number 36, and we're going home. Finally, verse number 36, the psalmist asked the Lord to turn his heart towards the set. Now, remember now, the message is, have your way with me, Lord. And all four of these verses, this psalmist is asking the Lord to have control over his life. Verse 36, the psalmist asked the Lord to turn his heart, his spiritual heart, towards the Lord's statues so he won't be focused on selfish gains. We could stay there all day. But here's point number four. We must value 
the Lord's will more than we value our own. Amen. We must value the Lord's will more than we value our own. The Lord knows we have goals and desires. He, don't have, he doesn't have a problem with that. Amen. He knows we have goals and desires. The Lord gives us mental and emotional capacity to dream of living a great life. But the psalmist is reminding us that regardless of what we may want, the Lord always knows what's best for us. Tim, everything I want for myself ain't good for me. Amen now. May look good. May smell good. You know, whatever. But it don't mean it's good. The Lord has no problems at all with us wanting the best out of life. Because he wants his saints to be the best. And he provides the best. But the point is, if it comes down between choosing what I want for myself and what the Lord wants for me, I should always choose what the Lord wants for me. Because what the Lord has for us and what he wants for us is always the best. The Lord, uh, here, and, and, and let me give you an example of that. From the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. Again, this is another scripture. Everybody knows it very well. The Lord says, for I know the plans I have for you. I plan to prosper you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Physically, emotionally, financially, health. I plan to prosper you and not to harm you. I plan to give you hope and a future. That's what the Lord says. He has planned for us. Amen. As I close, I'm encouraging all of us to begin to make a fundamental shift in our thinking. When we pray, every now and then, let's include these words, have your way with me, Lord. We know the Lord loves us. We know the Lord provides for our needs. We know the Lord protects us. We know the Lord forgives our sins. We should have no problem saying to the Father what Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done. In my thoughts, have your way with me, Lord. In my relationships with family and friends and strangers, have your way with me, Lord. On my job, have your way with me, Lord. When I'm in school, have your way with me, Lord. When I'm sick, have your way with me, Lord. When my enemies are attacking me, have your way with me, Lord. Whether I'm rich or whether I'm poor, have your way with me, Lord. When we allow the Lord to have his way with us, we will then live that more abundant life that Jesus said he came for us to have. But before he came, but in his coming for us to have that more abundant life, he had to complete a task. We got the more abundant life now, but Jesus paid the price. There was something he had to do. He had to come down through 40 and two generations wrapped in the, clo the, the clothing of a human being. He had to heal the sick and raise the dead because he said, I got to do the work of my father while it's still day because nighttime is coming and no man works at night. He means that there is going to be an end to my time here on earth. And so when it was time for him to fulfill his divine mission, it started in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was wrestling with his spirit and his flesh. But in the end, he said, as you already said, not my will, but thy will be done. In other words, Jesus himself said, have your way with me, Lord. 
do what you will with me. When he let them take him to Pilate's judgment hall, they couldn't have taken Jesus nowhere if he didn't want to go. Jesus could have stood flat foot and said, oh, y'all drop dead right now. And everything there would have stopped breathing. But because he was on his divine mission and because he was obedient to his father, he went on and let them take him to Pilate's judgment hall. Falsely accused. He let them take him out of Pilate's judgment hall. Then they took him to Herod's judgment hall where they beat him, where they spat on him, where they falsely accused him, where they put a crown of thorns on his head. But through it all, the Bible says he didn't say anything. He didn't protest. He didn't try to change their minds. And in his spirit, I can hear Jesus saying, have your way with me, Lord. They took him out back. They scourged him, Gloria. That means they took a, a, a they called a cat nine, and it, it was leather, and it had rocks, and it had metal in it, and they beat him on his back. His, his, his back was flayed open, skin and flesh and blood everywhere. You could see his ribs, they beat him so badly. But through it all, Jesus was still saying, have your way with me, Lord. I don't want to go through this. Nobody in their right mind would want to go through this. But Lord, because I love you and because I know you love me and because I know you got a purpose for my life and I got a destiny, a, 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 a charge to keep I have, have your way with me, Lord. They gave him a cross. Probably weighed about 250, 300 pounds. He carried it up Galgutha's rugged hill. He didn't have to carry it all the way because a man named uh, uh, Cornelius, not Cornelius, came, yeah, came there and grabbed it and helped him take it up some of the way. But when he got to the top of the hill, they got Jesus, they laid down that cross, they lay, stretched his hands out, put his feet in front of him, and then they took something like this right here, y'all. This is what they drove in Jesus' wrist. This is what they put in his feet. But Jesus allowed them to do it because he was thinking about everybody in here and everybody that would be saved. And he was saying, have your way with me, Lord. They, 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 they stood up that cross and there he was stretched out on that cross. And Jesus was there and, and he was in pain. He was suffering. And, and they still weren't satisfied because they took, a, a, took a, a, a spear and stuck it in his side. And his blood and his water came out. But we're so glad that they did because it washes the way the stains of our sins and it makes us whole again. It's the blood of Jesus. And then when he had been and endured long enough, the Bible says Jesus looked up in the sky and said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. He was still saying, have your way with me, Lord. He let them put him in a borrowed tomb. Stayed there all the rest of Friday. Stayed there Saturday, Saturday night. And then early on Sunday morning, Jesus Christ got up. He got up with all power in heaven, on earth, under the earth because he was obedient to the end. Not just to his father. Y'all need to understand this. He was obedient for you. He was obedient for me. He didn't just do it because the Lord asked him to. He did it because he wanted Gene to be saved. He wanted Brother Henry to be saved. He wanted Miss Joyce to be saved. He wanted Brenda to be saved. He wanted Edwin to be saved. He wanted those babies to be saved. That's why he did it. Horace, he wanted you to be saved. That's why he did it. And he says, if we will trust him, do our best to obey him, not only will he save our souls, he says we can live the most abundant life possible right now according to his will for each of our lives. So church family and those who are not members but our brothers and sisters in Christ, we shouldn't have any problem on a daily basis humbling ourselves and saying, 
have your way with me, Lord. Whatever it is, have your way with me, Lord. Because the best life we can live is in a daily relationship with Jesus Christ. All the money in the world cannot save you from some sicknesses and diseases of the body and the mind, but Jesus can. All the money in the world can't buy you enough defense to keep people from coming at you and getting on you and literally trying to take your life. Why? Because even some of the people that you hire that are closest to you, you can't trust them. But Jesus can put a hedge of protection around you. The devil himself can't get through. All the money in the world can't keep people from talking about you and scandalizing your name and falsely accusing you. But Jesus can be your lawyer in the courtroom. And Jesus can wipe your slate clean. Jesus can give you favor with your enemies. Amen. Only Jesus can do that. Have your way with me, Lord. Have your way with me, Lord. I, I pray that moving forward, all of us will think about this message this morning. And like I said, just every once in a while in your prayer, or just even as you moving around during the day, I, want, I wish you would just sometimes, I hope, pray the Holy Spirit will remind you, just to remind the Lord how much you're willing to let him have control. And you just simply say those words, have your way with me, Lord, whatever it may be. Amen. If you've heard the message this morning, wherever you may be, in this sanctuary, Facebook Live, over the phone, um, in the parking lot, and you feel by the moving of the Holy Spirit that it's time to give your life to the Lord Jesus, this is your opportunity. I ask you to just repeat this simple prayer after me. Those who are not saved, if you would just repeat this simple prayer for me, but everybody, please bow your head and close your eyes. Father, uh, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you rose from the dead. I ask you now to be my Lord and Savior. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are now saved. Your soul is saved. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. When you take your last breath, you're going to be absent from the body, but you're going to be in the presence of the Lord. Heaven will be your home. And not only that, because you've humbled yourself today and you've given your life to Jesus, now you have the right to every single promise in God's Word that is for all, some things that are only for the saints of God. He doesn't discriminate against anybody, but you have to choose whether you're going to get with him or get with somebody else or go your own way. But when you get with him, then everything, everything, the power of heaven is open to you. The windows of heaven are open, and he's promised that he will make sure he takes care of his own. Amen? Amen. Steve, um, give, give, me, give me one verse of something. And then I'm going to pray and we're going to go home. I will be with you. Everybody, please stand. I will be with you. I will be with you.
Jesus, as we stand now in your house of worship, I pray over the life of every individual that's here. And I pray for those who are in the parking lot. And I pray for those who are on Facebook Live, those on the conference call. I pray for all humanity. Lord God, continue please to be gracious, kind, and merciful to all of us. Lord, continue to love us with your agape love your undying, unfailing love, your love that allows you to forgive us for so many sins we've committed against you. And yet, Lord, when we ask for forgiveness, you said you're faithful and just to forgive us and you'll wash away the stains of our sins. You'll cleanse us from the unrighteousness of our sins. Lord God, continue to empower the body of Christ to stand firm in this lost and dying world and to stand boldly proclaiming your word that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of the Lord is still eternal life. But not from a judgmental standpoint, but because we love you and because we love humanity and we want other people to come to know you, Jesus, as we've come to know you. Lord, thank you for using us to take, to do your work and give you glory in this earth realm. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest rule and abide with us henceforth and forevermore. Amen. Let the church say.